All right, let's turn in our Bibles tonight. You probably guessed it, Matthew chapter number 28. And we'll look once again at the Great Commission this evening. And it's good to see you all tonight. Good to see Brother Chris McGee and his family uh, in the services today. I always enjoy seeing those that grew up here come back and visit. And uh, it's good to have them in the service today. And uh, look forward to what God has for us from the Word of God. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, we'll read. And it'll be very practical tonight. Uh, I lose count because I'm in different Bible studies as far as Sunday and Wednesday night, the series on the people of Proverbs, and then Sunday school, uh, keeping those lessons moving. I think this is 16 uh, on this series. And uh, the plan is by the conference, of course, our Preachers of Light conference. I want you to keep praying for that. Uh, that's going to be the biggest conference we have ever had, and uh, the registration has continued to come in. It's going to be an exciting time, and, uh, but uh, with the emphasis is a double portion. I'll be teaching on the Great Commission every morning. Uh, our goal is to provide some tools to put into effect uh, what we've been doing, our new soul winning cur- training curriculum, and we'll have more classes for that in the future, so you can be looking for those. Uh, but I've told the publication staff I want this series on the Great Commission in a book by the time of the conference. And so I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying that more to just remind them of that than I am to let you know that. Uh, but uh, the point I'm making is now we're in 16, and originally I was going to stop at the end of the month, uh, but as I get into this, the Lord just gives me several more things, and so uh, they may be standing over a copy machine the, the night before the conference. I don't know, but we'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure this out. But it's exciting to see how the Lord uh, just continues to open up His Word to us, and it helps us. It's what our church needs. As I was praying last year, uh, getting ready for this coming year, I knew the building projects would be back on the, the, the front burner. I felt like for, we would break ground this year. We're still uh, uh, intending to break ground this year. We begin our building projects that we've been working towards, giving towards, praying for, we desperately need. Uh, I felt like, what is it that our church needs at this time? And over the last few years, I think part of why God just kind of delayed everything is that we needed that. And I think it's been, been, been uh, helpful for us. It's been healthy for us to uh, kind of get established here. And I just felt like this year was the year uh, to really begin working and double the, the size of our church and uh, reach more people. And so this is the emphasis uh, that we are in. So we'll read again Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Give me a few more weeks, and we'll probably treat this like we would a, a um, children's class. I'll make everybody recite the Great Commission uh, before you leave, uh, but by now we should have, uh, we should know your Bible should just open to Matthew 28, uh, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We complicate what God puts into motion. The world can be reached with the gospel. Well, Pastor, don't you know how many billions of people there are? Absolutely, I know how many billions of people there are. Uh, some people don't want That's true. But God set a plan in motion when Christ commissioned his church that if we would replicate it. I illustrated this not too long ago, and, and I used some of the staff men towards the end, that if they go and get one, if you remember I had them go get somebody out of the crowd, and then if... That group then goes and gets somebody. It doesn't take very long to see the effect of what could take place. 
when I challenged us at the beginning of the year to double, um, you know, I can't remember which one I did first, to double or the extra million dollar giving towards our, our buildings, I just knew that there would be no oxygen in the building that day. So, uh, but you know, there were many who were, wow, that's going to be difficult to do. And then it just, let's not overcomplicate this. If everybody just gets one person, we've doubled. And we've got a whole year to do it. Now we're down to a half a year, but everybody can get one person. Every family can say, we want to reach one of our neighbors. We want to reach somebody uh, get somebody in church. Uh, we complicate what God has set forth. Christ commissioned his church. We know that. We know what the Great Commission is by this point. Tonight, I want to preach on hindrances to the Great Commission. Hindrances to the Great Commission. I'm going to be very practical tonight. And I've got, I don't have my normal four points. I've got six hindrances I'm going to give you tonight. And uh, I, I don't, I, and I, I don't want to say it because we know what it means. I don't think we'll be very long tonight um, because we are governed by clocks and calendars. You remember that, right? Um, tonight, we're going to go by calendar instead of by clock. And so, uh, hindrances to the Great Commission. Father, we love you. Oh, where would we be without Christ? We'd have no hope. Life would not be worth living if we didn't have hope in our Savior. And Father, the problems we face, Christ is the answer for that as well. The strength we need, He provides. Father, may our eyes continue to be on Him as we look for His return. Father, may we all determine to just be faithful. May our guiding principle be, our guiding goal be to hear the words one day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, I pray that tonight's message, while I think it will be simple and practical in nature, I think it will be very helpful to us as we see what could hinder us as a church, hinder us as a Christian from having a part in the Great Commission. Father, I pray that you'd use your word tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We know this, but I'll review very quickly. It's the winning of the lost. That's the priority of the church. There's a lot of byproducts of being part of God's local assembly. Fellowship is a byproduct. It's one of the purposes of the church. It's not the main purpose, though. One of the undervalued principles of God's word is iron sharpeneth iron. It, it's, it, you do not, we, we underestimate the value of not going to a carnal church. There are spiritual people here tonight. There are great Christians in this room tonight. There are many who have a very, very, and we all should continue to grow. We go to church with great people. Uh, that helps us be better Christians. It helps us to see what somebody else is going through, knowing what they go through, but yet they still are trusting the Lord. They're still serving. Uh, the church is a wonderful thing in that respect. Uh, we, we get a lot of value from the church, but make no mistake about it, the, the main purpose of the church is to win the lost. It's to preach the gospel. But it doesn't end there. And I'm afraid uh, many times as uh, Bible-believing church, independent Baptist churches, that's the tip of the spear, if you will. I'm afraid many times we put all the focus on that, and it is the main focus. I'm not, I'm not de-emphasizing it. But that's just the first part of the Great Commission. Second part of the Great Commission, as we know very well by now, is to baptize them. 
Baptism is not part of salvation, but it definitely comes after salvation, and it is something that every Christian should do, get scripturally baptized. And we should strive to, to be a help and encouragement and encouraging those that put their faith in Christ to take that next step. Why is it important? Because it is a public declaration of their faith in Christ. It's a public identification with Christ and with the church. I've emphasized this a couple of times, preached on it when I preached on the, the institution of the Great Commission. Uh, you, to be part of the Great Commission, you have to be part of God's church. You're not going to baptize somebody into your family. You're not going to baptize uh, somebody into quote-unquote fellowship. You baptize them into the church. The third part of the Great Commission is the discipleship. And there's a lot about that word that has been hijacked by the, the uh, emerging movement, but it is to be a disciple of Christ, to train to be a disciple of Christ. And friend, I'll just say this, it's more than hashtagging disciple. It's more than putting on a t-shirt that says, I have decided. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Uh, there's more to it. And he said, and we'll preach on this at another time, to observe all things. There's a lot of Christians that observe some things. Jesus said, teach them to observe all things. And part of the all things is to repeat the Great Commission. If we would just do what Christ commanded, you say, Pastor, sometimes it's difficult. There's opposition to it. And yes, we have a real adversary. There are some who are going to reject, and there are some who are going to stir up trouble, as the, those did in the book of Acts. So how, how do we do it? It's the power that is prom, that Jesus promised his church. It's by his power conviction is brought. It's by spirit power that man is saved. We understand all of that, and so we realize that if we would just fulfill the steps that, are taken, that, God, that God has given us, that Jesus gave the church before he ascended to heaven, can you imagine what could be done? Could you imagine what could be done in our city? Our goal this year is to, and it's a short time limit, because we realize that you can't just leave today and have the church you know, double tomorrow, but it's, it's a process that we go through. Uh, why, why is, well, it works. Uh, I, I mentioned to sometimes the people and say, well, our goal this year is to double our church. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And well, I am, but not because of that. Is God's power? Is he without power? Does the great commission not work? The problem is, is that we don't work the great commission. And so the responsibility, it does work. So then it brings the question then why isn't the world reached? Why isn't our, we're not the only church meeting tonight. Why isn't our city reached? Why, isn't our, why is our nation in the spiritual decline that it is? And I remind us once again, it's not political decline, it's a spiritual decline. I mean, we've had crooked politicians for about 100 years now. It's not new. Uh, it's spiritual decline. Uh, so what's the, what, what, the, what is the hindrance? I'm going to give us six, just six words tonight. Number one, apathy. Christians just don't care. Apathy. As great as a church this is, and I believe this is the greatest church on God's planet, I know that I'm partial to it. 
aren't you? Uh, let's, let's vote on this tonight. How many of you think this is the greatest church on God's planet? Okay, that's a majority. It's established. Hashtag that. Let's get it out there. Declare it. When you, when you invite people to your church and say, what church you go to? You knew our church was voted the greatest church on the planet. And they say, wow, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was voted that. And so use that however you want. But as great of a church this is, I, I shudder to think in all this preaching on the Great Commission, there might be someone who's just like, eh. Thought about eternity this morning. Everybody's spending an eternity in either heaven or hell. But yet Christians are, hmm. They just don't care. Is it nothing to you, ye all ye that pass by? Boy, what would happen if we became less apathetic and just, well, somebody else will take care of it, or, or, or it's, uh, uh, it's, it's not, you know, it's not really affect me, or I just don't care. Well, churches today are apathetic. They're, they're full of apathy. What is a hindrance to the Great Commission? You know what will keep you from being involved in the Great Commission? I've already established this. Not all of us are involved in the Great Commission the same way. You know, one man plants, one man waters, one man reaps. Somebody can invite somebody, but somebody else may befriend them. Somebody else may that be that person that just at the right time encourages them to come back to church, to take that next step of faith. Uh, everybody has a part in that. It's sad. It'll, it's a sad thing when God's people get that, that, a spirit of apathy. You know, it's, it's true. You look at our nation, and why is our nation declined? Because there's been gener- generations that just didn't care. They're apathetic about it. The second hindrance tonight is selfishness. Selfishness. Your heart might can get stirred. And, 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 and I don't think, I believe our church is of one accord like very few times it has been of one accord. I believe our church tonight is, is, is very, you're, you're giving, you're sacrificed, the fact that the parking lot is full on Saturday morning, the fact that you have this great crowd here tonight, and Wednesday night, great crowd, you, you are involved, you are, you are on board. It, it, you know, so I'm just saying this tonight, is it may not be a problem this evening. It may not be even be a problem in 2023 as we strive to do all that we can for the cause of Christ. But let's be reminded that these are hindrances that we need to stay away from. If we find our heart getting apathetic, that needs to be the alarm needs to go off in our spiritual life. And we need to say, God, help me. Let me be reminded. And we need to have some mental exercises to remind us that there is a heaven. There is a hell. And people are going there. The same is true of selfishness. Don't get selfish. Don't make it all about you. Because it's not. It's about Christ. Say, well, I just, I'm not all about the church. I'm all about Jesus. Well, you're from, if you're about Jesus, then you'll be part of the church that he commissioned. You'll be part of doing what he said to do. But we get selfish. This is a generational church. There's many generations in it. You saw the young kids sing tonight. Wasn't that a blessing? You saw the old people sing tonight. They were a blessing too. There's a few in between. 
It's a generational church in the fact that it's been solid on the Word of God and reaching people for generations. But the danger of that is getting to a place where... I I I don't really care what goes on with the school. My kids have been through it. The camp things, my kids have already been to camp. The youth program, my kids have already been through it. Oh, the, I, we've already been, I, I've already been in my building program. There's a danger in that. There's a danger in the children coming that second and that third generation of, well, you know, I know there's a world, but what, 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 what is it for me? Well, I, my family is saved, and praise the Lord, and if you can say my family is saved tonight, every day you've got to get on your knees and thank God that your family is saved on, your way to, on their way to heaven. Well, that, that's, if that's the case, it's not because of your righteousness. It's because of the grace of God. But let's not get to the place where my family's okay. Well, there's other families that aren't. Well, my kids have a, have, a, have a children's program to take part in. They have a youth program to take part in. Then they can roll right into the Bible college. And then uh, with all the different ministries, uh, it, it's, it, all you got to do is want to be in the ministry around here. You can be in the ministry. Well, we, we've arched, but you know what? There's, you drive up and down the streets of this city, there's children that don't have those same opportunities. Let us not be selfish and make it all about me and mine. Selfishness will hinder the great commission. Third word tonight is disobedience. Sometimes we hinder the great commission because we have a heart. We're just at a place where I just, I'm just not going to care. That's a sad place for a Christian to be. Sometimes it's selfishness. We may believe in it. We may understand it, but it's just I'm too wrapped up in me. I'm just too wrapped up in mine. And sometimes it has nothing to do with either of those. We're just not going to do what we're told. We're just going to disobey. Those of you that have reared children or rearing your children, you can certainly identify with this. You know, there's, there's moments when you tell your child, don't do that, and they're still making eye contact. And they do it. It's like, don't touch that, and it's... Come on, you're 22 by now. We shouldn't be, do- we shouldn't be doing this. And we said, what is wrong with that child? He's just disobedient. Do what you're told. But isn't that the way we treat God? In this context of fulfilling the Great Commission, and we are just disobedient. We know what we should do. We know what Jesus has said. We know the instructions. We know how we're supposed to have a part. And we just get to a place where we say, I just don't want to do it. And let's just, get, let's just not be too pious tonight. All of us face moments in our Christian life where we're just like, I don't want to. That's what our flesh does. That's the carnal side of us. So wait a minute, Pastor, you just said this is a great church, and yeah, it's full of carnal people, people who can be carnal, 
if we give in to our flesh and not the Spirit. Well, I just don't feel like doing it. What does that have to do with obedience? Come on, people. Let's, let, let's think about this. We don't accept that from our children. Go clean your room. I don't feel like it. Go to bed. I don't feel like it. Do this. I don't feel like it. And it's like, bless God, you better do it. I don't care if you feel like it. I didn't ask you if you felt like it. You better do it. But then God commissions his church. And Christians, I don't feel like it. What does our feelings have to do with obedience? Uh, we have to be obedient. And that's just a reminder. That's a hindrance. It's just disobedience. Christ has issued the commission. It's not a matter of if it's what we're supposed to do. It's not a matter of if it works. We, we don't need to f- try and figure out, well, if it works, if it doesn't work, then I'll decide, no, if we're, if we're told to do it, it, doesn't ma- it works. But it really doesn't matter if it works because we've been told to do it. And if we don't, we disobeying, disobedience is a hindrance. So as a church, if we do not follow the, and fulfill the Great Commission, we're disobeying Christ. He's the founder. He's the cornerstone of this institution we belong to. We must obey. As a child of God, you're part of His church. You're supposed to be part of the Great Commission in some form or fashion. So if we do not do it, say, well, I just don't want to do it. You're disobeying. That's a hindrance to the Great Commission. Number four, rebellion is a hindrance to the Great Commission. It's a, when I was growing up, and you heard a lot of preaching to young people and teenagers on, on rebels and rebellion. And I bring that up because, I mean, I don't, I'm not in all the teen, meeting, teen services meetings anymore and things of like that, but there just doesn't seem to be as much pointing out, if you will, of rebellion. If we are contrary to what God has said, it's rebellion. There's a lot of justification that we as Christians use, and it's rebellion. Well, I'm not going back to church because it's rebellion. I'm not going to do this because I don't want, it's rebellion. I don't want to live this way because that's rebellion. There's one thing to just be ignorant about what we're supposed to do. There's another thing to know and just refuse to do it. Be careful disobeying. Because continued disobedience comes from a heart of rebellion. We all are capable and have disobeyed. But then when we continue to disobey and ignore and reject what God has said, boy, that rebellion will fester. See, when we rebel against God's plan and His word, that you're not involved in the Great Commission. This is why it is important for every one of us to spend some time every day in God's Word. This is why it's important for you to be faithful to church. This is why it's important for you to, to the best of your ability, establish principles in your life that you're going to live by, live according to what this book says. To live outside of it in rebellion of what God has said, you're not going to be involved in the Great Commission. Somebody who is, and then let me just say this, if you're out of fellowship with the church, and this is going to sound hard, but it needs to be said, you are a, there is a hindrance to the Great Commission. 
I must stay right with him because I need to stay right with him. I need God. He's worthy of my surrender to him. But there's a world that needs to be reached. And if I'm not right with the institution, if I fall out with the institution, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, that's what's been commissioned. You're not involved in the Great Commission. Are you still saved? If once saved, always saved. Does God still love you? Of course He loves you. He loves you unconditionally. And God blesses us more than we deserve. And, and He's long-suffering and He's gracious. And we're glad of all of those things. I'm just pointing out from the, what the Bible tells me and from my experience in ministry, if, you're, if you are rebelling against God's way of life, you're not involved in the Great Commission. If you're, if you're out of fellowship with God's institution, you're not involved with the Great Commission. It is re, Rebellion is a hindrance. Could you imagine? I've, I've said this many times through the weeks being in the Great Commission. Could you imagine if every one who claims the name of Christ would transfer where they sit during football season from an NFL stadium to a church house and, and fulfill what they're supposed to do? Could you imagine if every child of God tithed like they were supposed to tithe, what could be done? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's rebellion. We, that's why we must keep our heart tender towards the things of God. All of us have the potential to rebel. Understand something, that if you allow some things to get into your heart and life, and you don't yield to the Spirit of God, you don't yield to the Word of God, you rebe- you're in rebellion against, and sometimes it's not just out in that rebellion, I'm away from God, I'm away from God. Sometimes it's just we, there's one area of our life. We know God's working and we rebel against it. We know that we are not right in this area. It becomes a source of rebellion. I'm not giving in. Be very, very careful. That's a hindrance to the Great Commission. Number five, laziness. There is a disease that has killed a lot of churches and it's not COVID. It's laziness. Laziness. You can't fix lazy. Oh, and that's and that's a part of the. And let me just say, part of the program of our school and our youth program is we we want them to work. Uh, if you if you if you're, I mean, this is this is some some of you can nod your head because you went through it or your kids have already gone through it. Your kids are going through it now. If they come through all of our ministries and they go through our school and they get they come out, they have worked. They know how to work, and they've been taught how to work. Uh, we we are we are suffering as a nation because of entitlement and laziness. I'm a victim. No, you're lazy. Uh, don't be don't be a lazy person, but let's not be lazy Christians. Uh, the Great Commission takes work. Building a church takes work. Building a family to honor Christ takes work. Uh, laziness, you know, it, it'd be it, it would be so it's so much easier just to coast. But that's what has been taking place in our world and our country, sadly, not in every situation, but in a lot of situations, we're just coasting, waiting for Jesus to come. Now, we should be working till the night, for the night is coming. We should work because the night cometh when no man can work. Uh, laziness is a hindrance. And then number six, 
The last one that I'll mention tonight, pride. Pride. You know, you know, we have a tendency as people, and this is a good warning for us tonight, to get to a place where we think there's things in the Bible that do not apply to us. Well, I know what you're saying, Pastor, but I just don't think that applies to me. We don't always word it like that. But our actions dictate that. Well, I know what the Bible says about a pastor, and I know what the Bible says about all that, but I just don't think it applies to me. I know what the Bible says about our, uh, you know, uh, uh, relationships and all that. I just, I just, you know, I just, you know, I just don't think that that's, that, that's, there's, applic- there's application here. If we're not careful, we can get that way in the midst of a series on the Great Commission. Saying, yeah, pastor, they need to do this. And thinking it doesn't apply to you. Now, again, I will emphasize what I've already emphasized and what I've said many times already today. It does not mean everybody in here has got to be part of the Great Commission the same way. God never intended to be that way. God never intended for us all to be doing the same thing with the same gifts, the same abilities. There's some people have that gift, and they can go, they can go, they can knock on anybody's door, they can talk to anybody. That's just that's just the way they are. Some then there's some people don't even like talking to their family. Well, there's other reasons why that could be, but you know, you know what I mean. Everybody has different gifts, everybody has different roles they can play. But the point I'm trying to make is everybody ought to have a role. Well, that doesn't apply to me. And we've got to be careful as a church. I'll make the application as a, as a church for us to be reminded of a hindrance. You know, this is the way that Christ commissioned. The Great Commission. This is the instruction for his church. This is the way to do it. Uh, we're what would you would call an old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptist church. We're not changing who we are. We're not changing what we are. We still believe that holiness is in the Bible. I'm going to say a taboo word. We still believe that separation is in the Bible. still believe that Christians ought to live clean lives, surrendered lives. We, we still believe in the great commission, winning people to Christ and helping them grow in their Christian life. Say, Pastor, why do you say that? Because there's always pressure from society. There's always pressure from this world. There's always pressure, if you'll permit me to say it, I'm going to say it anyway, from those that compromise. Well, we'll do it a different way. Well, we're going we're gonna to change our music to make it sound like the world's music, and we'll throw some Christian words in there, and it'll, it'll appeal to more people. Interesting. You won't find that as a growth method in the Bible. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to lower all the standards of holiness. We're going to, we're going to make it an appeal. I mean... We don't want people to feel like they actually came to church. You know, and if, if, it, 
if it resembles where they're hanging out on Saturday night, if the church on Sunday morning resembles more like where they're hanging out on Friday and Saturday night, then maybe more of them will feel comfortable. I don't have to remind you of this, but church isn't supposed to feel comfortable all the time. And if the Spirit of God is there, you're not going to feel comfortable all the time. I'm bringing this up as an illustration because for, for a couple of decades, there's a lot of churches that said, let's do it a different way. And they changed their music and the crowd swelled. They, they changed their youth programs and the crowd swelled. They, they said, we're going we're gonna to take a focus off of fulfilling the Great Commission and we're going to put it into this program, which may not necessarily be wrong, or this one, which may not be necessarily wrong, but we're just going to try it a different way because it's work to do it that way. It's, it requires a sacrifice on our part. It requires holiness on our part. It requires all of those things. And pride says, we'll do it a different way because we can improve on what Jesus said. Now, they wouldn't say that, but that's exactly what they say with what they do. It's amazing now that these churches over the last couple of decades who did it a different way, and they used to run the buses, they used to preach the gospel, they used to uh, go soul winning, they used to do all of those things, they, they used to uh, bring families into the church, they used to do all those things instead of conversions bringing and Jesus adding to the church to say, let's attract to the church. You can now go to those same churches and they are either dead, dying, or apostate. What did that? Pride. Because we can do it a different way. The sad thing about that, besides the obvious, is there's no future for them. You know why this church is, my father passed this church for 32 years, I've now pastored it for 10. You know why it's the same now as it was all those years ago? Because the commission has never changed. We've changed locations, we've changed pastors, uh, we've changed several, but the commission is still the main thing. Because you cannot improve on what Christ has commissioned. It is pride that says, let's make a change and shortcut. Well, that's a whole other message in itself. The, and, and I've been working on this for years, but God just hasn't given me the liberty to preach it or write about it. or, or you know, it's, I call it Christian steroids. These athletes that use steroids to cheat in, in the shortcut. And one of the reasons, one of the things that, and God is, in my opinion, God has rebuked us as a nation because we've tried to shortcut and let's vote in righteousness. Oh, my Bible still says that repentance comes uh, before revival, uh, and uh, we can't we can't shortcut. You can't shortcut reaching people with the gospel. You know. What gets in the way? Pride does. This doesn't apply to me. Or we'll try and do it a better way, a different way. As a church, it's good for us to be reminded there's one way to do this, and it's, it's God's way. It's, it, this logic will tell you if we want God's power, we should probably do it His way. He's not in all those others. 
And we have seen, I've been able to see now in these years, I've seen, as I just mentioned, you've seen those that said, let's shortcut, let's find a different way. It's pride that does that. And now, some of these churches are empty, they're half empty, they're dead, they're dying, some of them are dead, they just don't know it yet. Or they're apostate. And then there's no future. This church continues on because we keep reproducing ourselves. We keep reaching more people, training to go reach more people. We've had a lot of our, we've had, over the last few years, we've had many members who've been here a long time go on to glory. As I preached this morning, if it's true, and it is that we all have a limited time, that's going to keep happening. I don't like it. I can't do anything about it. You know why some churches used to be thriving, and then you just let that generation die off and they're empty? Because they haven't gone and warned anybody. They haven't gone and reached anybody. They haven't done what God's command is to do. We've got to keep fulfilling the great commission. Boy, hasn't this church been a help and a blessing to your family? Has it been a help and a blessing to you? Well, it, it, it can help somebody else as well. It's one of the hardest things for me. It's not hard as the word that comes to mind, but it may not be the best word to... To, to talk to people, to, to interact with people in our city and, and, and even other places that are sitting in a dead church. And knowing what this church would do for their family. Knowing what it would do for their kids to be able to be in a program like they saw tonight. Knowing what the fellowship and the, and the, and the, and the purpose of the church and how they could grow and how they could how they could, they could uh, be part of doing something. Well, we have something special here. We've seen great days. I believe in my whole heart we're seeing great days. We're going to see greater days in the future. So, Pastor, how can you say that? Because when you do what Christ commands to do, we have the promise that he will build the church. He will build the church. So, Pastor, what, what are we going to do? We're going to do everything in our power so that we can get more people in. But you know what's going to get more people? We're going to, we're going to organize. We're going to plan. We're going to pray. We have organized. We're printing a lot of new things that are going to help people take that next step from salvation to baptism to church membership to getting involved in the ministry to be training as a soul winner. There's a road map from a new Christian all the way to leading somebody to Christ. We're, we're doing everything we can, but you know what we just have to do is have to be obedient. And if we just keep giving the gospel... If we just keep trying to get people to identify with baptism and that public declaration, just keep growing, Jesus will do the work. The power of God will be sufficient. So just a reminder tonight, we, we are, we are, the Lord is blessing us. I'm so pleased and thankful for all of your work, your sacrifice, uh, getting on board with what God wants to have done. But let's be reminded there are some hindrances. I don't want to be a hindrance to the Great Commission. I know you don't want to be a hindrance either. Here's six words, six areas that if we're not careful can become a, get in our own life and we can be a hindrance. As in our life, we can be a hindrance in our church. We, we don't want to be that. We don't want to do that. Let's keep focused on what we need to keep focused on. And tonight, if you've got a little apathetic, won't you be reminded there is a hell. And if people die without, when people die without Christ, that's where they go. 
Well, if you just get into a place where you're just like, you know, I just, I just don't want to do it. Oh, be very careful with that. That's what we need to stop and say, Lord, deal with me. Soften my heart. I'm sorry. So well, as soon as I feel like it, Pastor, you know, sometimes you don't feel like it. You have to make yourself feel like it. I understand when we put church on a different level and everything else. Do you always feel like going to work? I mean, if you do, God bless you, you're one of the few. I hate it. I mean, do you always feel like doing everything that you have to do? No, you don't always feel, but you do it because, you, because you're supposed to. You're required to. You've been commanded to. Well, Christ, there is nobody above him. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Son of God. He's our Savior has said, this is what I want you as the church to do. We shouldn't let anything get in the way of that. So if there's some hindrances that creep up, boy, let's, in our own life, in our own heart, let's, let's deal with them, let's snuff them out. As a church, I tell you what I'm, what I'm doing as a pastor, I, I want to be faithful to teach and to preach and to pray and to help as the Lord instructs me to. But also part of my responsibility is I'm looking for those hindrances. Okay, let's, let's, let's deal with this. I feel that sometimes I'll preach a message, and it's just because I, 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 can, I can sense something creeping in. And before it gets a hold, let's get it out. Because there's too much at stake. And so let's remember there's some hindrances. Let's not allow these things into, into our uh, life. God does the work. Very simple, but good reminders for us.